Welcome to the Weird History Podcast. I'm Joe Struckert. This is an independent, listener-supported show. To support it, go to weirdhistorypodcast.com. Hello, and welcome to a very special Christmas episode of the Weird History Podcast that will also very possibly be the most disgusting and juvenile episode that we've ever done. So, on this episode, we're going to talk about Christmas, and we're also going to talk about some unsavory content. This week, I'm not going to talk about grand political ideas, I'm not going to talk about insane dictators or war or the big sweep of history. Nope. Instead, I'm going to talk about something everyone does. Something common to all humans everywhere, no matter who they are. Yet something that is never mentioned in polite company, or even impolite company. Later on in this episode, I'm going to talk about poop, and I'm going to talk about Christmas. Yes, they really do have something to do with each other. This is a real thing from Spain, an actual Christmas tradition that is really meaningful to a lot of people. But before we get there, let's keep in mind that lots of Christmas traditions are just sort of, you know, weird when you stop and examine them. For example, Santa Claus. He is a rotund Arctic-dwelling home invader who is somehow also a living saint. That's always confused me because you have to be dead to be a saint. Also, he runs this gigantic manufacturing operation that, you know, uses the cheap exploited labor of unpaid fey creatures. What's more, Santa Claus, even though he makes the toys, also delivers brand name toys like Nintendos and Pokemons to children. So therefore, Santa's workshop must have, like, quite the licensing deal with all sorts of intellectual property holders around the world, right? Yeah, Santa Claus totally falls apart when you really think about him. Just putting that out there. But other traditions, like mistletoe. Oh yeah, let's touch mouths underneath this poisonous plant. That's odd. If you celebrate Christmas in Japan, and I have, KFC is what you eat on Christmas. Kentucky Fried Chicken in Japan is Christmas chicken. And then there's a thing in Britain where you like wear paper crowns and you have like Christmas crackers, which are like little poppy firework thingies. Um, I guess those seem fun. Never really gotten a paper crown thing, though. Anyway, one of the Christmas traditions that really doesn't seem weird when you look at it is the nativity scene. Because, according to Christians, Christmas is all about the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem, you know, with Mary and Joseph and a star and all of that. Now, the nativity scene dates back to the early 1200s, and its creation is credited to St. Francis of Assisi. You know, the hippie monk who talked to birds and squirrels and founded the Franciscans, that guy. Supposedly, when St. Francis invented the nativity scene, he went all out, using an actual ox, an actual donkey, and actual people to talk about the birth of Jesus. Again, supposedly. Uh, this comes from a biography of St. Francis that was written after his death, so we don't know for sure if it was actually him who did it, but that's what tradition says. And since then, nativity scenes have gotten just more popular. Basically, every Christian household that celebrates Christmas and even some non-Christian households that celebrate Christmas, have one. This, despite being the fact that nativity scenes are not really biblically accurate at all. First off, 
you might think, based on like how prominent Christmas is in the culture and what a big deal quarter four is for lots of businesses, that nativity, that Christmas would be a big thing in the Bible. It is not. The nativity is barely in the Bible. Um, it only shows up kind of in two Gospels, that of Matthew and Luke. In Matthew, it is barely there. Matthew basically says, Jesus, he was born, and moves on. Luke is where you get, like, all the good stuff. That's where you get angels, shepherds, the manger, that kind of thing. But there is the whole issue of whether or not the Gospel of Luke actually describes what contemporary people think it describes. So Luke, he wrote in Greek, and the Greek word that he used for in, that is often translated as in, that has no room in English, is kataluma. That word did not refer to necessarily an ancient Roman era Motel 6 or the like. No, that word means something more like common area, a place that would be understood as housing lots of people. Now, more likely than this referring to an inn, that the story might have been, hey, Joseph and Mary, they're coming back to Joseph's hometown. Uh, they're at his friends or family's place. Common area is pretty full up. So they're going to stay on the lower level. Hey, that's where the animals are. That's where you keep your cow, your sheep, your donkey, that sort of thing. Also, Mary's about to give birth and scream a lot anyway, so maybe she wants her own private space away from, you know, all the uncles and cousins and the rest of it. So it's likely that the Gospel of Luke describes some folks sort of crashing in the basement or the ADU, as opposed to making the best of a random animal barn. And so... People in the early church who would have been more familiar with the original language would have probably heard this story differently and probably had a different kind of mental picture in their mind. Their idea of this section of the Gospel of Luke probably wouldn't have looked like a contemporary person's. By the way, when I was growing up and I had to go to church being raised Catholic, this is something that the Jesuit priest at our church mentioned every single Christmas. And he would usually do this in his sermon right after a Christmas pageant. So kids would go up dressed as Mary and Joseph and innkeepers and shepherds and the rest of it. And then the priest would um actually them and say, kids, you put on a wonderful pageant. By the way, this is what we know about ancient Greek linguistics. You are wrong, but God, you're cute. Anyway, there's that. And there's also another thing. There is a very important part of nativity scenes, creches, whatever you want to call them, that are not in the Gospel of Luke, the three kings. Those guys are in Matthew. So the three kings, the three wise men, the magi, whatever you want to call them, they are not in the original text that is the source for most Christmas pageant, Christmas story type stuff. So, if you see a nativity scene that has both shepherds and wise men, it is a mashup. It is taking two different texts and kind of making one master narrative of them. If you have shepherds and you have magi, you're basically looking at biblical fan fiction. But, here's the thing. If you have shepherds, well, how many shepherds do you have? Two? Three? Half dozen? Hey, the shepherds probably brought their sheep, right? Let's put some more sheep in there. You got the three kings. Well, what did they come on? Probably camels. So you got your donkey, your ox, your sheep. Now you have this trio of 
luxury riding animals. Oh, and these guys, the Magi, they're really important, right? So they're probably not just out there on their camels all alone. It's entirely possible that they have, like, some guys with them, some camel attendants. Sure, let's give them some camel attendants. And oh, hey, we got angels. Angels talk to the shepherds. How many angels do we have? Just one? No, we got a whole choir of angels. Let's put a bunch of angels around here. Angels on the top of the like, little stable thing. Angels all around. This is turning into a crowd scene. This is getting more and more elaborate. Hey, why not really do it up? Why not put some more figures in there? Like a kid with a drum. Let's put a little drummer boy in there. Because there's nothing than somebody who just gave birth loves more than a child playing a drum. Hey, drummer boy, you're in a nativity scene in there. How about some more people? In Spain, how about a guy who's pooping behind the nativity scene? Yes, I'm not making this up. Spanish nativity scenes feature, off in a corner, a guy in Catalonian peasant garb with his pants down, squatting, and doing a poop during the birth of Jesus. He is called the Cagane and is really one of the most beloved nativity scene figures in Catalonia, in Spain. We don't know where these come from. We just know that since the 1700s, Catalonia has said, shepherds, wise men, angels, animals, and peasant pooping man were all there at the birth of Jesus Christ. Now, this might sound like a sacrilegious thing, but there are a number of rationales about the Cagane and why it is not, in fact, sacrilegious or disrespectful or anything like that. The first big rationale is that it is a fertility symbol, just like you have Jesus coming to Earth and, you know, providing the gift of being Jesus. Uh, you also have somebody pooping onto the Earth, providing the essential vitamins and nutrients that, like, plants need. So there's that. And the other potential source of symbolism for the Cagane is that it's all about humility and humanity. And even at the most important moments, for example, like God getting born on earth, somebody somewhere is doing their basic biological functions. We're never truly above that. We never actually get away from our humility in our humanity. And you can make a case that the Cagane is all about how no matter who you are, you're still human. You're mortal. Kings, presidents, popes, and peasants, everybody poops. I mean, there's that. There's also the entirely likely case that that is just a bunch of post hoc rationalization. And, you know, somebody somewhere in Spain in the 1700s thought that it would be funny to put a shit and dude in a crowd scene. And I don't think that'd be all that unusual. You know, lots of artists who do crowd scenes like to include hidden naughty bits. Both of the broils come to mind. Uh, Hieronymus Bosch's pictures are big crowd scenes with almost nothing but, you know, well, naked people and pervy stuff. Uh, when I was a kid, I loved to wear his Waldo books, and those are big crowd scenes with all kinds of hidden inappropriate things, and it is entirely possible that this is the same type of thing. That you have a bunch of people, and hey, let's play Where's Waldo with the gross juvenile stuff. Here's the thing, though. The Cagane, and by the way, I don't speak Spanish, so excuse my pronunciation. He is not the only Spanish poop thing. There's also 
another tradition called the Tio de Nadal, or Cagatio, which literally means shitlog. And the shitlog is another Catalonian poop-based Christmas tradition. The idea is that you have this, well, log, and you have a smiling human face painted on the side of it, um, and you put, like, a little blanket on top of it and a hat, and uh, throughout the season, parents will stuff little candies and the like into the log. Then on Christmas, the kids beat the log with sticks, and the log poops out candy. And to signify the end of the gift giving, it'll poop out a stinky fish. And there's a song that goes with it. I'm not going to sing it for you, but the English translation of the Cagatillo song is shit log, shit nougats, hazelnuts, and cottage cheese. If you don't shit well, I'll hit you with a stick, shit log. Yeah, Spain, poop, Christmas. Now, you might be wondering whether or not these two traditions are intertwined, whether or not they're related. And I looked and looked and looked to try and find some connection between these two things. And they don't seem to be. If they are related, that interconnectedness has been lost. But there is a delightful comic by Benito Serrano and Anthony Clark unifying these two Catalonian Christmas traditions. I will link to it over on weirdhistorypodcast.com if you want to see a delightful holiday comic about a possible connection between the Cagane and the Cagatillo. But like I said, Christmas is weird. Christmas has all kinds of traditions and all kinds of meaning for all kinds of people. Me, I'm no longer religious, but it still has a lot of weight for me. It still has a lot of emotional oomph for me. And I'm looking forward to my own Christmas traditions. Lasagna, Die Hard, and greasy Chinese food. Whether you celebrate Christmas or Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or some combination thereof, happy holidays. I hope you have an excellent holiday, an excellent new year, and I myself am very much looking forward to the new year. Because a new year means a new long-form project. At the beginning of 2017, we had our long project about Italian fascism. We are kicking off 2018 with yet another long-form project, and I'm really looking forward to this one. As always, this is a listener-supported show. Go to weirdhistorypodcast.com to become a supporter. Thank you, everyone, who supports the show already. We couldn't do this without you. Give us ratings and reviews on iTunes. I appreciate those. It's also a great place to leave me feedback. If you have thoughts on the show and you want me to see it and you want to share your thoughts with the world, go leave a comment on iTunes. Uh, I'm also on social media. I'm on Twitter, at Joe Streckert. I'm also on Facebook, facebook.com slash weirdhistorypodcast. Thank you all for listening. Talk to you next time. Bye. Mm-hmm.